BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. By the way, if you want another shot, just let me know. Okay, I'll take one more. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that that was interesting. Does I'm that, does that stay in the anyway. podcast? Jermaine Sterling, thank you for joining us on this very happy Monday, even though it'll be released on a Tuesday. It's five o'clock somewhere, so should we? We should. To one more thing, the Bantamweight champion of the world, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. I might need a bib. (laughs) Ooh, it's strong. And the Funk Master. Love the t-shirt. Thank you. You know, I made it myself. No, I didn't, but designed it. Designed it. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. And this is, so like David just said, you've been on the Schmo Zone three times already. This is the first time in our new studio. Oh, yes, yes. I love it. It's a really nice place. Um, Who was the other guest that I'm tied with? Sean O'Malley. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good company. I think so. I would definitely think so. Me too. Two of some of the most exciting players in the Bantamweight division, 100%. Yep, yep. So speaking of, I mean, where do we even start? Do we start with I mean, the shirt you're wearing? Do I'm we start a, with where we were yesterday? Which I guess goes hand in hand. I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan. If okay. the shirt doesn't give it away. And also Halloween festive, it's October. Yeah. So we were at the Bears game yesterday. They beat the Ra- Raiders, who start off at 3-0. Now they've lost their second straight. And unfortunately, as we found out as we were driving over here today, it was head coach John Gruden's last professional football game likely ever as a head coach um all these emails were leaked and uh he was in this fourth year of a 10-year 100 million dollar contract and it, you know he had to resign today. so is that like 100 million spread across the 10 years, ten years? Yeah. correct oh wow dang that sucks that's a lot of money to kind of just kind of yeah. burn well what surprises me is is just like what from 10 years ago i'm like who's leaking this stuff <laughs> I mean, may- maybe that's a dumb question. Blackmail. Well, it's like they're doing this investigation on the Washington football team. Okay. And uh, I guess this information was – what I drop? I drop stuff out of my Your pocket. cell phone. <laughs> always these pants. I always wear these pants where all my I stuff drops out. I told you to donate them, but it's okay. Uh, it's probably going to happen after the show. <laughs> all that stuff out. But um, basically, how many other people do you think they could be talking about from those emails aside from John Gruden? Whoever doesn't act right, you know, if they don't get in line, you know, the uh, those emails are getting leaked. That's what I really do, really do think. I think things are so different these days with uh, social media and people wanting to, like you said, cancel everybody. It's like if you don't follow suit, then they're going to take you down one way or the other. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like they just I mean, why John Gruden right now? Because you said they're investigating and then. 
Well, he's a high-profile person, and they're doing an investigation, and his name came up, and I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I didn't read much further into it than that. It's yeah. just an interesting time to be alive, and he, yeah, it's just obviously what he said is atrocious in those emails. I'm just yeah. wondering to how it, that all came about. You know, I got. I got to read them. I, I will say I almost feel like it's almost like a race to see who can out the other person first, just in case it's like, hey, man, it's either this guy or me or this girl or me, that kind of thing for their position or something like that. And like, sorry, you got to go. So I feel like almost all those guys have to be in bed with each other, knowing what's going on. And it was locker room talk. I feel like everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, I was kind of saying that That's to you in the true, car. Yeah. There's a lot of locker room talk. And, you know, it's. It's an interesting time to be alive. Yeah. Even yeah. even though what was said though was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's interesting. Anyways, I mean today's also a loaded day for other reasons too. Yeah. Well, it was also just announced, I guess Luke Rockhold just posted on his Instagram that he's out of UFC two sixty eight because of a herniated disc. I know all about that. I know all about that. It's not fun. So I can only imagine what he's going through in Dealing with that type of injury um, sounds like something probably he was dealing with for a while because it doesn't just happen like overnight. But he's wrestled in, I, I believe, high school, maybe college, and um, he does a lot of jujitsu, which is a lot of guillotines and things like that. So it could have just been the extent of his career. He's older now, I think 35, 36. So it's a, it's, I think it's just part of the game. One of those things, kind of, kind of crappy, bad timing. But man, sometimes you just never know when your body's going to just give up on you. But you're in the gym, or have you been in the gym when Sean Strickland's been in there? Because I know he's kind of bouncing around between Syndicate and Extreme yeah. Couture. Um, have I been in the gym? Yes. Like, have you seen him recently? Just because I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how's he going to handle the news? <laughs> Probably going to go find him. I don't know. <laughs> he's 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 a interesting cat, Sean Strickland. Um, very interesting individual, but uh, good fighter. Talks a big game, but he could back it up. And uh, I don't know what's going through his head right now. I would think he's probably thinking, I'm going to find this motherfucker. I'm going to fight him. Yeah. I need answers. It's crazy. But going back to what you said about been there, done that, injuries. Speaking of injuries, man, um, you are recovering from an injury. And that injury prevented from what a lot of people thought would be in Abu Dhabi, UFC 267, you and Pewter Yawn. Obviously, it didn't happen. I've been curious about, like, so how the situation all unfolded. Like, you're given this timeline, this date. You had told me before that you didn't expect to fight that early, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you you wanted to do it. You were willing to do it. But at the end of the day, you weren't medically cleared. I was just hoping you can kind of shed some light to what actually went on because there's some confusion there. There's, there seems to be a lot of confusion, which I, people would make it sound like I stubbed my toe. I didn't stub my toe. I didn't twist my ankle. I had a neck surgery, which is a very serious thing. It controls a lot of your your body parts. It's the spinal column, which controls everything. You know, so the doctor cleared me for November 1st to start a training camp to take a fight. Those were, That's the wording he gave me. And... I guess they figured that maybe I could try to push the envelope, which I would. I agreed to do because I was like, I don't know if I'm in a position to say no. Let me get the time that I asked for in December, and the October date was there, and you know I was just gonna try to do what I can do. But as we went through the training camp, 
I had a very difficult time getting it together, trying to string together three rounds. I mean, I was sparring with Marab. Uh, he he couldn't wait for me to get back so that we could train together because, you know, not to say it in a weird way, but we're kind of like the, the two big fish in the pond right now at the gym. We have a very small team, so we're kind of the, the two head honchos there when it comes to, like, name value and things that we've done and accomplished, you know. So Marab's like the, the, the golden rubric of where you want to be when it comes to working hard, cardio, just tenacity, just one of those guys all around good person inside and outside the octagon. So, um. I came back and I wanted to make sure I gave him some work and I was thinking that I would fight right after that. I was like, of course, if I'm going with Marab, I'll be able to get into good shape and sure enough, that did not happen. So we went weeks after week and I'm grinding, grinding because I, I left I left Nevada early to go back to New York to start training camp after I heard that I was fighting in Abu Dhabi. I was like, okay, great. So I need to take my ass back to New York so I can start training camp. So that's what I did. I cut my PT short um, and we trained. I trained my ass off, and I just wasn't getting any results of what I wanted. I mean, talk about doing all those rounds, strength and conditioning work, early mornings, and then going into sparring sessions, and after one round of grappling and throwing strikes and your arms are just super heavy, I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm in the Peter Young fight all over again. That's exactly what it felt like. I was like, I feel like I'm living a nightmare that just won't end. It just felt like it was just crazy. So I told my, my roommates at the house um, after the last sparring session that I had with, with Marab, I think it was the week before his fight, and I told the guys, I was like, listen, man, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't think I could pull out this fight because it just feels like if I do, I'm going to get a lot of shit. I don't know if the... And this is my personal opinion, what I'm thinking. I don't know if the UFC would be happy. So I'm like, I know it sucks. It's a big fight. You know, they want the they want to get the division moving. It's a hot division. So all these things I'm thinking about, and... Uh, they're like, why would you do that? I was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna go in there. I'm just gonna wing it. I think I know what he can, what he could do. Um, I think I just gotta be smart. And I think if I can catch him with one of those flying knees again, I think this time I can end the fight. And that's that's honestly what I said to my roommates. And they're like, dude, that's crazy. Why would you? Why would you ever want to put yourself in that position? I'm like, I almost feel like I have no choice. So, um, thankfully, we went to the doctor. I spoke to my manager. Spoke to the coaches. And you can ask the coaches, man. That was the the most down I've been in a very long time super depressed because um, that's how much this sport means to me just like how much I've been able to provide and how much I love it and just I like competing and to not be able to do those things and feeling like you're gonna get hurt I was like man I feel like I'm gambling my quality of life um, all in one fight to try to make the fans happy when I know I'm doing the wrong thing so it, it was a re- it was a really complex and difficult situation but I think all in all I made the right decision for the longevity of my health when you first made that decision and let the UFC know what was their immediate reaction to it no I'm trying to think back um I told my manager well when I came I came out to Vegas for Marab's fight and I came a little early so I, I saw my matchmaker Sean Shelby and then he's like, I guess he heard about the interview I did with um, Ariel. And he was like, dude, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I'm going to fight, though. And I just told him straight like that. I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight. That's pretty much. I was like, don't worry about it. I'm going to fight. And uh, that was kind of where that left off. And I tried to push it because I had about eight weeks. That From that exact time we met, I had about eight weeks. And then I came back. And I spoke to my manager. He they spoke to them, and 
I, they flew me out. I went to the doctor again, L.A., and uh, he said the same thing I said. He said, this injury takes 12 months to 18 months for the nerves to actually heal. So it's not even about the surgery itself. The procedure, that's a three-month recovery. So I recovered. I'm good to go. I'm strong. I feel good. I, I feel like I this is the best physical shape I've looked like in a very long time. Um, no pain in my neck, no residual pain, like waking up, sleeping, driving, all that stuff, training. The part that sucks is the endurance side, and you need those connective tissues, those nerves, just from a neurological standpoint to kind of reconnect because it's almost like they're still severed and they're still trying to do what they're trying to do and, and heal up, you know. So it's a weird, it's a weird, complex situation where you just don't know what's going on in there. So I'm hopeful because things are getting better, especially after I brought that kid out, uh, Adrian Giannis. Um, we got some good quality work in, and that gave me – that uplifted my spirits because, man, when I say I was down, like – I was not fun to be around. Like Ray was like, dude, I don't think I've ever, I haven't seen you smile in God knows how long. It was like, I'm not happy. Like getting my ass kicked in training. Like I know Marab's good, but we, we battle. We don't, it's never that one sided. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, he's peaking. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But even when he's peaking in the past, it's never been this one sided. There's clearly something going on. And here we are. Well, that's a hell of a story. And I appreciate you revealing all of that. Um, it's interesting dynamic too, but while this is going on, Marab, your teammate, I know how close you guys are. He's having such great success. I Killing mean, it. Yeah. that yeah. last fight was unreal. Marlin, yeah. That Marlon, the the beating he took in that first round, and what he endured to come back and to just dominate yeah. the remainder remainder of the fight, the cardio, the condition, like and the heart, man, and yeah. the heart, crazy. You can't teach that. You can't teach that at all. It's like, you know, when you come back, it's going to be a real situation where he is (laughs) right there in the in the thick of things. I mean, let's be real, man. You have the gold. He only wins if he only wins. He's going to be right there in the conversation. What are you going to do? I I could never fight Marab. I can. I've I've thought about it in the sense of like. What would that even feel like? What would that even look like? And I'm like, I can never like visualize myself standing. Like I can see this with everybody else, but I can never envision Marab standing across the octagon, one of these refs saying, "Are you ready? Are you ready? Fight!" Like I, I think at that point things change um, dramatically in terms of a relationship. You you saw that with um, Usman and Gilbert Burns. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah Gilbert yeah. Burns. Yeah, um, I think it changes everything. It changes the relationship. I mean, he's helped me do so much. I've helped him do so much. I just could never see myself competing against a guy like that. It reminds me of when Gilbert Burns told you how he would never fight Vicente Luque. And yeah. also, on that note, Marab told me in an interview before he would go down to 125 before fighting you. Yeah, we, we've talked about it. And um, we're not there yet, so we kind of just like, you know, kick it down the road. Marab's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. And... Who knows? I could lose my next fight, and then Morocco could win his next two, and then he could be the one in the spot that I'm in now. Like, things happen. Like, it's part of the sport. I've been here. He's going to get his opportunity, and uh, whether it's at 35 or 25. And for me, I think he's. I think he wants to fight till he's 60 years old. So <laughs> I, I don't want to fight forever. You know, I know there's a point where my best days are going to be behind me. Uh, I'm cutting the weight all the way down from 170 at times, trying to – when I'm out of fight camp and, I'm you know, I'm not training – it, it, it gets daunting, so, you know, I'm not saying I'm tired of it, but 
that's the one part of the process I, I do not miss at all. And uh, when it's all said and done, it's going to be like a bittersweet moment. But um, I would even entertain going up to 45, you know, if it came down to it. If it came down to, like, I'm having a tough run at 35 and he's killing at 35. and Who's he? Marab. Oh, Marab. Okay. And uh, we're at a different points in our career, and it's like maybe I need to change things up. You see that all the time. Then maybe I go up a weight class. And I think I got – the, uh, not the, too much of the weight, but I think I got a decent frame for it, and I think I'm strong enough to go there. Um, I think I actually lose a lot when I get down to 135. Like when I'm outside of fight camp, any of these band weights, I feel like we tangle, and it's almost night and day how much stronger I am. But when I get down, I think it's for everybody that's normal. You lose a lot of muscle. Um, right now, I'm probably like five, maybe six percent body fat, and I'm walking this morning as 161, you know? So I'm like trying to keep my weight down so that I can have a good just revamping of um, my training camp or my conditioning, so to speak, for lack of better words. Well, what do you make of the situation where they said they're going to make the interim title fight between Pewter and Corey Sanhagen, who I know David spoke to last week? Sanhagen? I did. Piotto. I, uh, I haven't talked to Piotr. Piotr. Uh, I talked to Sanhagen. We were in Denver last week. Mm. Um, saw him at the gym. Saw. Oh, yeah, the Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Well, that's Chicago. Yeah. A completely different place. Well, hey, it's still cold. It's close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Yeah. Close enough for sure. But were you surprised? He said he would have even been okay if they offered it to Rob Font. Who said that? San Hagen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he told David. Or the Schmo in yeah. his interview. He didn't tell me. He told the Schmo. He told the Schmo that he would have been okay if Rob he Font He would understand. Well, Rob Font's coming I mean, off a win. I mean, Corey San Hagen's coming off a loss. True, but I mean, but he beat Cody... Garbrandt. I'm not saying Cody's not good. So, you know, I know the people are going to talk shit. Uh, it's a former champion. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, when was his last win? The the Throwing a haymaker from his socks over Rafael? That was a great knockout. It, it was. It, was, it yeah. was. But it's like, in terms of name value, yes, you could say that. But and in terms of what Sanhagen did against TJ, arguably he won that fight. So I would never bow out and say that I could I can understand him saying I can understand but I would never agree to be like yeah that guy should get it over me fuck that what did you TJ, earn that shit or what did TJ say that oh yeah he said too that he believes he's next for a title shot he is he is well that just makes the whole thing it's really so crazy interesting right, so right now yeah is, is there a chance that you fight TJ Dillashaw before you fight <laughs> yeah, Pewter Jan and or Aljamain Stur or uh, Corey Sanhagen this whole thing is a zoo man but it, that's what you get when you have a, such a great hot division it's amazing and obviously yeah. we've got the log jam created by Pyotr Jan so guys remember it wasn't you me pronoun- this Pyotr you pronounced his name great yeah when I when I want to be nice otherwise I call him Chioto. <laughs> you know, but or cheater. Pain. What do they call you? Clown. <laughs> <laughs> With the emoji. <laughs> Clown. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. But TJ comes back in March. I think that's when he could start training is, I think he said this November, maybe December, he could start training again, like hard. So he'll be ready for possibly March. I, I, th- I don't think it's hard training. I think it's contact. So he won't be ready till like March or so. so to have a fight. To have a fight. Do you so think- he might have to wait a little bit. What about you? Like, when do you think you'll be back? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's my thought is there's a chance. Is there a chance that your next fight is actually going to be against TJ Dillashaw? I, I mean, that would be a chaotic world because then it's like, why do these guys even fight for an interim title? 
because they're going to pay more money to the champ. You know what I mean? When you fight for the interim title, you win more money. You get championship pay, and then you get pay-per-view points. You get treated as the champ because, God forbid, anything happens to the champ, they strip him or they get injured for too long, whatever. That guy now gets paid the same way the champ will get paid. Maybe a little different of a pay scale in terms of how many pay-per-view buys they, they actually sell, but it's technically all the same generic contract standard for everybody. So for the people who think that they understand how much you get paid, once you're in a contract, you're in a contract. That's it. Even No matter how big your name gets, you can have a spectacular knockout. If your next fight is for 20 and 20, you're getting paid 20 and 20, no matter how much your viewership went up. You know, So you have to understand the game that you're playing. That's why I like O'Malley, too, because he's smart. He understands all of that. And he knows, like, why am I going to fight these big-name guys, get paid the same same amount of money, when I could fight these, not to, you know, I won't call nobody a tomato can, but I could fight no-name guys, you know, because everyone works hard, and uh, keep racking up highlight real wins and look spectacular. I like his next matchup. I forget who he's fighting. Um, wait, I, I know this one. Piva? Piva. Yeah. 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 He just fought his teammate, right? Uh, Kyler, Kyler Phillips. Phillips yeah. The Matrix. Um, he lost because he got tired. Phillips. I believe so. Yeah. Um, this is a great test. This is. I know it's not the traditional wrestler by any means whatsoever. It's going to be a striking matchup. But test for who? O'Malley. <laughs> O'Malley. Uh, really? Piva <laughs> hits hard, but don't get me wrong. The guy was. As hittable as you could possibly be. I mean, I would if I was O'Malley, I would love that matchup. Right. I don't. That's my opinion. I well, mean, I'm but, just saying it's going to be exciting for the fans. Yeah, because they're going to get another highlight reel knockout. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, at least we're the first to get his <laughs> prediction. Come on. If, if Aljamain could, he's play. tough though. He is tough. I, so that's no the point. He's no going to get. To he's going to get tested. But he's tough. He, Kyler Phillips had him looking ridiculous out there. If he didn't get tired, that fight was over in the first round. It should have been over in the first round. Yeah, but what's it say about his gas tank? Pivot. Oh, Phillips. That's just yeah. Can't, Piva. Can't, yeah. No. Well, toughness. His gas tank was just as bad. He was just a little bit better, in my opinion, in that fight. I mean, he got hurt really bad in that first round. I think it was a ten eight. All right. We were there, too. It should have yep. been a 10-8. I think they gave it a 10-9. I think that's what actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous fight. But it's, it's all good, man. Amali's doing his thing. He's making his money. Making, you know, building his name up. Building his brand. Yeah. That's what it's all about. You get to the UFC, brand awareness, get the people to get behind you, and talk your shit when you got to talk your shit. <laughs> then we have Rob Font. He's fighting Jose Aldo. That's a sick fight. Yeah. I love I'm that excited. fight. And... What I think about that fight is Jose Aldo looks like he has turned back the clock. He looks like Aldo of old. Super fast hands. His fast twitch muscles are ridiculous. and It's a good weight for him, too. Yeah, yeah, he puts the combinations together better than anybody I know at that division. Um, I mean, I'm not striking like that. That's a dangerous guy. The only thing that you have to hope for is five-round Aldo gets tired. Three-round Aldo is a nightmare to fight. You know, So if I'm fighting Aldo, I need five-round Aldo because... I feel like I have a much better chance beating that guy than I do with the uh, a three round fight Aldo, you know. So, um, I think Font's a little slower, but he hits hard. He has big hands. That guy has big freaking hands for a bin weight. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, John Lineker. Hands, is, and I think that's why he used to knock guys out like that because his hands were just control. They're pretty much two fists on your head, you know. So, and I don't <laughs> have the biggest head, so I don't want to get hit by those guys, you know. Um, and I think he has the endurance, but. I think the grappling is going to be some problems. I hope it's a five-round fight. That should be a five-round fight because I think whoever wins is going to be the next guy 
of the next guy of the next guy. <laughs> Such a deep division. I know. It's crazy. Because and then you got Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie's fighting Cheeto. And Cheeto, even though he's been talking a lot of shit about me because I criticize how he won, I didn't even say anything bad about the guy. He got his butt hurt. I was like, dude, it, I'm just saying that was a weird situation. Not saying that you didn't check the kick, but sometimes that shit happens. Like, don't make it sound like that was impossible for that to have like happen. Don't be mad at me because I'm telling the truth. Um, but he's been looking really good of late, and uh, his last fight with Davy Grant was fun to watch. He's dangerous with those elbows, and I think Frankie, at his age, that's a tough fight for for Frankie. He's gonna have to be on that bicycle the entire time. But we saw him against Pedro Munoz, a much smaller guy who fought Jose Aldo, and you saw how one sided that was. You can't do MMA math, but. Cheeto's younger, he's tougher, he's a bigger frame, he's got long kicks, and he's, those elbows he throws, you know, it's, and he's good on the ground. Well, someone that we mentioned earlier about uh, Marab, has he told you someone he would like to fight next, or who do you think makes sense for him to fight next? He's in a weird spot. I, I remember being in that spot where it's like, well, I just got to sit here and wait because there's really no one else to fight unless you want to fight down. And sometimes the UFC doesn't even allow you to do that. Cause I try to do that multiple times. They're like, nah, nah, you're gonna, you're just gonna have to wait. And I was like, all right. But um, man, I don't know. I mean, he's fought Stamen already. Cheeto's got to fight Aldo. That whole top ten already, I think, is already pretty. So he does, up. yeah, kind of have to wait. Yeah, I mean, Font, Piotr, yeah, everyone's everyone's booked up in that that situation already. It's crazy. I'd I say know, if TJ Dillashaw didn't have a title fight, Marab would be an interesting fight. Yeah. But then that puts me in a very <laughs> shitty spot. I know. Okay. A very no, shitty no, spot. no, no. It's all in good fun, man. Yeah. It's an exciting time, man. It's an exciting time yeah. to be alive. It's, 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 I love it because it's one of those things where it's like, how often do you get two of the best guys in the world in one gym yeah. under one roof? Sure. It doesn't happen very often. And uh, I try to tell people that. I'm like, Marab may not be the most technical guy, but he works his ass off and like you saw, he's willing to die in there. He's just like, dude, I'll take anything you give me, and I'm gonna keep coming forward. And that's a that's a fighter's fighter, you know. So um, he's very proud, very um, humble, and um, the guy he's he's a dog. He's a dog out there, for sure. Should, our sparring sessions are, we should be charging admission to all the guys that get to watch us at the gym. We should be charging admission because it's it's always a show. If you need a finance guy or security to uh, handle that, I'm the guy. <laughs> Well, what about Al? He's making his return yeah. against Bobby Green. That's going to be a fun fight. That should Can't be wait. really good. Yeah. I think Bobby's gotten a lot better. And obviously, Al hasn't fought in a while, and you know he's coming off a couple losses. So he's in a tough spot. But I could tell that you know he still wants to fight. He, he misses it so much. When he's in the gym, you could tell like he wants to be able to do everything the way he used to do it when we were younger and coming up together, you know? Um, but, you know, injuries are part of the game, and sometimes – they cut some people's career. I don't want to say cut his career short, but they took away a lot of time, valuable time from him with the injuries, with the surgeries, with the standoffs with the UFC and trying to get the, the, the right surgeon to do the procedure. You know, So there's, a, there's been a lot that has been happening for him throughout his career from the tough show and everything. So he, he's in a weird spot. But um, like I said, Bobby's gotten so much better. So I think this is a really good fight for both guys, like competitive. It's going to be a fun fight no matter what. Um, I think if Al fights smart, uses all his tools like he has in the past, I think of late you could tell that he's kind of fell in love with the striking, with the Cerrone fight, with the hooker fight. 
Um, and then the one time he tried to shoot one on Dan, he kind of got stuck down there. And I think that might have might. This is just my opinion from the outside looking in, and I could be completely wrong. It's just I think maybe it's just him not being able to practice wrestling the way he used to maybe put him a little bit slower in terms of his transitions where when he gets into that leg, he finishes quickly rather than kind of getting there and giving him an opportunity to set up those elbows, which kind of changed the fight after that first round. So this this is such an intric intricate sport and such a detailed sport that people don't really understand. Like one little thing could change the, the entire course of the entire fight. That's a great way to segue to speaking of the weekend, historic trilogy fight. Oh, Deontay crazy. Wilder, yeah, oh Tyson Fury. We were there for that, and it was probably the best fight I've ever seen in person. Yeah, I feel like Helen and I feel like we were a part of history, and it was amazing to see. I think Deontay Wilder in the fourth round knocked him down twice in one mm -hmm. round, and to all in all, five knockdowns. I think De uh, Deontay was knocked down from Tyson three times before the knockout. Yeah, and. It was a hell of a fight, man. Yeah. What else could you ask for in a in a world championship fight at the heavyweight division? Two guys that kind of got some bad blood, and I, I think it just makes for a great storyline. And like you said, I think we were all a part of history. And that was my that I can't remember the last time I actually been to a boxing fight. I think it might have been in. The, at the you were there too. Yeah, I was there. Awesome. And just the atmosphere and the environment was super surreal to be in. And I feel like everyone was so dialed in. I sat with the Alabama crowd, you know, Deontay Wilder's from Alabama yeah. and they would not shut the fuck up. It was like, dude, I get it. <laughs> it was like a fury, a support, uh, supporter. And, uh, it, it, they went a little back and forth, but he kind of tucked his tail when he saw how many of those Alabama boys are right there. And it was like, Alabama and his hoe, Alabama and his hoe. And then they said, yeah, I respect. He was like, no, don't switch sides now. It got it was funny, you know, but um, a little annoying at some points because they became the coach, they became the fighter, all in the same breath. I'm like, oh, you guys know it all. You guys, you guys done this, I guess. You know, it was one of those type of situations. But great fight, had everything you needed from the drama of both sides. Super competitive, and I think no matter what, however you want to see uh, Deontay, he in my my book he redeemed himself. You know, he had that tough fight the first time, the second time, and. Uh, he gave a much better display of boxing. I do think he's, and I'm not a boxer, but some of the things you could tell was just so much different in terms of technical superiority from Fury's standpoint and from Deontay. But that right hand is the yeah. ultimate, ultimate equalizer. equalizer. Yeah, and obviously I think for sure that Tyson Fury proved he was the better boxer. The only thing that upsets me some in some sort of way about oh, that Deontay. Bot? Don't tell me it's that dad bot. <laughs> no. Yeah, because David got worried <laughs> when Tyson wasn't going to take off his shirt for the weigh-in. I, just, I, I was, know you wanted to see the dad bot. Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't take off a shirt at the weigh-ins or anything. 277. I want to see that. Deontay Wilder <laughs> was 238. They were both at their heaviest. The heaviest yeah. What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by NordVPN. NordVPN, it helps you stream MMA content so much easier across all different platforms. You have to check this out. Just imagine the situation. You're in a different country. You have, like, let's say, an ESPN subscription, ESPN+. Plus. You need to watch the UFC fights. And... Unfortunately, in your region, it's blocked with the Wi-Fi. You hop on NordVPN. You can access where your location is in a different country, and you can stream this thing easily and not miss any of the action. So you want to go to this link right now. It's nordvpn.com forward slash schmo. Check it out. It's going to help you save some money on a VPN. 
which helps you change your virtual location and watch your favorite MMA content anywhere in your region. doesn't matter if it's blocked in that region where you are in the world. Watch it where you want to watch it, and you won't be disappointed. Promo code SHMO. Check it out. You were talking about Tyson Fury's dad bod? Yeah, on the scale. 277. They were the heaviest. He was the, they were the heaviest. Um, but I just didn't like that Deontay Wilder didn't shake his hand at the, at the, uh, at the, at end? the end. Yeah. Well, he was kind of, he was a little, well, that guy was rattled. Concussed. Yeah, well, like, I, I wanted to see the sportsmanship to end such a great trilogy. But I, I'm not mad in the sense that I think they'll eventually make up. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be cool. I love both of them. They're both two of my favorite interviews of all time. They're both great humans. I enjoy them. And I think that it's a shame that people in America didn't recognize Deontay Wilder more for what he's done. He's the ultimate knockout artist of all time. Yeah. Greater than Mike Tyson in terms of knockout artists, in my opinion. You think so? Well, mm-hmm. in terms of just... Devastation, maybe? I mean, they were both pretty devastating, though. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Or in this era? In this era. I in can't say... Era, you yeah, know what? Yeah. I can't speak for Mike Tyson's era. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I have to differentiate. Yeah. It's just the, a different time. It's different. the same yeah. It's the same way I can respect the argument when people start bringing up LeBron James' greatest of all time to Michael Jordan. Because I grew up Michael Jordan only. Michael Jordan's greatest of all time. But if I have to sit here and listen to LeBron James' arguments, then I can listen to a Deontay Wilder, to Ty, uh, Mike Tyson, in terms of knockout artists. Yeah, yeah. In terms of knockout artists. Not in terms of boxers all time, but knockout artists. I think if Tyson and Deontay were in their prime and they fought, I feel like Tyson wins. And, like, what's the prime? 1985, 1990? What, what's the year? I'm going to say when he was, like, what? I know he won the world title at 19? No, not 19. He fought for a world title in 19? It was in the 80s. Yeah. I'm going to say around that time. Uh, you see, I don't know the exact years when he fought, whoever he fought. Um, but I think in terms of a technical style standpoint, I think he would just dance circles around Deontay, make him miss, and then... Inside and then his body, head, uppercut. He he was just and I was watching his highlights again. I'm like, how does this guy five what five nine five ten the angles just take these guys out and just hop hop peekaboo just like wait what the combinations yeah. and the angles you're hundred percent right. Deontay wouldn't be able to get him off fast enough to be able to tolerate that. But then again. The ultimate equalizer. So who do you got? <laughs> I'm going with Tyson. One. I like the technical standpoint because I think Tyson was crazy enough. Whereas, like, even if you were the bigger man, you hurt him. Back then, when he had those demons, he was just like, "I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, I'm gonna die in this in this ring." That's just how he fought. And I think uh, that's a scary Tyson, you know, in terms of just an opponent standing in front of you. Good fighter. Both good fighters. I like. I like both. Tyson Fury is not not Tyson Fury. Uh, Deontay is not the most technical guy, but he can crack. But who's a better singer than Tyson mm. Fury? Afterwards, yeah, he always says that, huh? Yeah. After he, he wins, and did you guys take the shot already? I put in my glass. Do you want another one? <laughs> no, 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 no. You sure don't be shy here. It's still five o'clock somewhere. Wow. <laughs> did you already take one? Oh yeah. Okay. It's a party. You're late. I'll take it. Um, I got some good training today. You know, I got some good training tomorrow. You know, I'm in a good spot. We have to wake up early tomorrow morning. For we do and train again. Yeah. yeah. She's training for Olympic trials. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. It's hard. For? <laughs> uh, swimming. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. Can you swim? Yeah. Do you swim? I, I can swim. Do I like to swim? <laughs> it's <No>. hard. <laughs> it's a very exhausting thing to do, and the water is always so cold. That's enough for me not to get in the water. Yeah, that's the worst part because they had – so the master swimming, it's for the older people. Because I guess 30 years old in swimming years, it's like you're a dinosaur. You're like really? – Yeah. It's sad. Like – I'm so sad because it's hard to, you know, really, like, find a coach and stuff because you're, I mean, technically old. And I was out for, like, 13 years almost. So, um, yeah, they swim at, like, 6 a.m. And they're trying to move it to 5.30 a.m. And I'm like, are you serious? 5.30 a.m. to jump in, like, cold water? Yeah, that doesn't Uh, sound fun at all. Yeah. So Rebecca actually used to swim in high school. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm like, but I never saw her. We never, we actually never talked in high school, which is so crazy. But I would see her all the time. So like, how did you? Yeah. So how how did how'd that... you connect then? Uh, she used to date my brother's friend, who I don't think he even talks to anymore. And um, yeah, it was like on Facebook. We ended up speaking, and yeah, we yeah. <laughs> yeah. Che- cheers to the funk. Cheers. <laughs> And yeah, she was into into fighting. I would send her my amateur videos of me fighting and stuff like that. And uh, she actually took interest, which most females at that at that age and whatever just really didn't get it. And I was like, I was super into it. I'm still I'm still am. Like even on Saturdays, on weekends, I'm like, no, nah, it's fight night, babe. Um, so she understands. But the fact that she was into it is what actually attracted me to her. Otherwise, it would have just been like, oh, she's hot, and you know, next. But and now you guys are engaged. And now we're engaged. Yeah, it's it's cool when you have a partner that's into what you do. You know, I think I yeah. can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we understand. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's good for sure, for sure. But one thing I do want to ask you though, because earlier we talked about being in uh, Denver, and that's when you spoke to Corey Sanhagen or the schmo. Sorry, you spoke to. Different person, right? Um, <laughs> no, I don't people know are suppo- shocked when they meet you, and, and then you're people, not the pe- shock. People schmuck. think when they meet me for the first time, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, and it's enough for me to notice that they expect me to be some sort of person or personality, like always on or like do this for me, do that for me, like treat you like some sort of object. Do you get that? Oh, all the time. That's Weird. why I, I was walking through the airport one time, and some guy – I'm, as I'm walking by, I, had my, I think I had my headphones on, and I'm just trucking along. Got my little roly-poly, you know, and, like, just taps me on my shoulder and goes, Aljamain. And I'm like, yeah, if that was, like, Tyson or if that was, like, Tyson Fury, like, do you do that? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what makes you feel that comfortable that, like, do I give off a persona that I'm that cool of a guy that you could just, like, hey, we're, like, we're not friends. I mean, I understand you watch, but say hello. You don't got, like, if you put your hands on me, that's, I don't know, it gets weird. It gets super weird. I, I only did that to one person my entire life. One athlete. It was before the Schmo, 2013. Uh, who was it? Oh, no. LeBron James. LeBron? How did he react? You never told me this. It was uh, at the Equinox in Beverly Hills. It was when I moved to Los Angeles, right in my early 20s after college. And was he, nice? he was working out. The, he had two people. I was just so shocked because I was working out there before work. I used to spend like a fourth of my paycheck just to, to go to that, that gym. Yeah. It was a joke, but it was for good reason. For, actually, net, for well, networking, for okay, networking. Okay, that's worth it. And I would shower there all the time rather than my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But Save water. 
Yeah, but yeah, that too in Los Angeles. So I he had two people around him. I was just so shocked. I saw him. He was in town. They were playing the Clippers. He was probably in Miami at the time. Don't remember. I was probably in Miami. I saw him like LeBron, and I just out of reaction, just to grab his, just just tap him like LeBron to turn around. It's just like so it lock eyes with him. But it, I did. But also <laughs> his two security uh, guys, and they looked at me, and they didn't. They just went like with that big face, and yeah. you know, like oh. no fucking way, man. Don't even try it. All I want to do is just say what's up to LeBron, and that's all I did. It was it was worth yeah. the time. There's nothing wrong with saying what's up. I have no problem. So that's with that. that's my one my yeah. one omission. But that's the only thing was like when people start putting their hands on you. It's like at what point do you kind of cross the line in terms of like personal space and these COVID times? No, I'm joking. But <laughs> that is true too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I'm clearly joking because I'm right. like the most least concerned person <laughs> out there probably. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's just it, that yeah the, it, that stuff gets super tricky and a little weird. And it can make you a little bit uncomfortable, but um, yeah. Well, what about on social media though? I don't it, like those, you know the trolls and stuff. At the end of the day, I'm probably never gonna see you, or if I do see you, you're probably not gonna respond the same way or act the same way yeah. because it's easier to do that behind a phone than it is to do that in real life. And I'm not saying because you say something, I'm gonna rah jump out and attack you. I'm not like that. But it's like, okay, I'm just going to look at you like, okay, cool. And then what happens after that? Yeah, I sure told him. I, <laughs> I saw Aljamain or whoever it was, and I told him how I felt. Gave him a piece of my mind. I'm like, great. You're so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so that, I don't know. People, I think people make us sometimes more than what we should be. And at the end of the day, we're all humans. Like, I, I, I try agree. to tell that to Helen all the time when she gets down about reading a comment. Well, I'm way better now, right? You are a lot better and, now. And since I've just been focused more on swimming because it's it, stressful. It, it, it takes away the time. If, if anyone training, is going to yeah. take time out of their day to rip on you and who you are as a person, like just throw away all of your hard work and the integrity of you as a human being, just doing the right things and going about your business and trying yeah. to get ahead and live your life the best way you can. What the fuck's going on in their life? Nothing. To make them feel so miserable enough to take the time to write something negative about someone that they don't know, they have no idea anything about, and that's just trying to make an impact on the world or just trying to do something to better their lives and live life to the fullest. We're all in the same situation. We're all dealt different cards, a different hand. Yeah, You just got to play the hand and make no excuses and make the most of what you got. That's it. Yeah. Man, I've, I've done so much for my my alma mater and things like that that I don't even have to like talk about but it's like to 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 know that you do all those things and then some people try to make you out to be like this terrible person it's like the most bizarre thing like but, people from your past um kind of yeah you know I, I'm not really trying to throw nobody under the bus oh, sorry. But, uh, yes and even update the people who don't know you and kind of make try to make you feel like a shitty yeah. person I'm like you can't make me feel shitty because you don't know anything yeah, about me besides what you. you see. Like yeah. all they see for you is your interviews, yeah. right? And you're giving your opinions on social media. So it's like they don't know you. They haven't sat down across from you. They haven't actually had a conversation to know what Helen's about. They don't know what Schmo or Dave's about, other than what they see. So it's like they they make this whole pers- they have this whole perspective on you and ideology of what they think you are and what they think you stand for. Like people think I'm an asshole or I'm a uh, the, the 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 idiots think that, but the smart people that actually follow me and actually know what I'm about, they're like, oh, I'm under your skin. You're so insecure. I'm like, 
really? I respond to everybody on social media. Like, you oh, really yeah, think? I have seen that, yeah. I'm like, you don't think you're getting an award because you got me to respond. <laughs> like, there's no reward for getting Aljamain Sterling to respond to you because he responds to just about everybody if he has time. Like, your time just didn't come yet. But if you want to get it in a negative way, sure. I'll, I'll entertain you, but don't think it's anything special. Like you didn't get, you didn't get a rise out of me. You didn't get anything out of me other than a response that you would have gotten anyway. You know, so I think people kind of forget that we're all regular, we're all people, man. Like exactly. I eat shit the same way you do. Like there's nothing different. <laughs> we all pant, put our pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. So I people get super weird about that, and uh, I never, tr I never look at myself as a celebrity. Like even I had an argument with my sister one time actually, and she told me she's like. You're not really a celebrity. I was like, this was probably right before the Sanhagen fight, I want to say. And I was so confused. I was like, so what is a celebrity? These people you watch on reality TV, like TikTokers are celebrities. She's like, yeah. I'm like, so, I'm like, well, so let me ask you. So like the basketball players that you watch, that you don't watch, but that you know, are those celebrities? She goes, yes. I'm like, so what is the difference? I'm just trying to figure what, this out. What made her say that to you, though? Uh, I don't even know what. I think I think someone said something to her about me, and he was like, "Yeah, he's not even like." I think she kind of didn't even realize like what it is in this space because she doesn't follow. So I'm like, I understand that, but you can't say that if you don't you don't understand what that even means. Well, maybe because she sees you as her brother, brother of, course. Yeah. of course. But then I think uh, it was after the title fight. I think she actually said she actually acknowledged she goes. Well, I didn't realize you. Were, I think she was kind of like, I didn't realize you were that lit or something like that. I was like, <laughs> that I was like, lit? I was like, wait, what? I'm like, so now all of a sudden I'm lit. I'm like, but I've been doing this for years. You didn't realize, like, I've been here at your disposal the entire time trying to help and whatever I could do in terms of uh, a, uh, a positive push or a motivational push or influential push to get her to do the things that she wants to do, you know? Well, as Conor McGregor would say, etched in stone. You are part of the elite of the elite. Yeah. How many people can say they've held welterweight gold? Or sorry, bantamweight gold. There's not many guys in the world. It? Bantamweight gold, one thirty-five. How many guys can say that? Not many. You in the UFC, elite of the elite. Yeah, I think it's Cruz, Faber. No, Faber. No, I'm sorry, Cruz, Dillshaw, Brown, Cody Garbrandt, Garbrandt, and Jan, Peter Jan, and now myself. It's actually really wild. And that's the UFC, not including WEC, but right. I mean, you got like Eddie Warren and those even. guys. But it's it's wild. Like obviously, I didn't win the way I wanted to win, but just even to have the opportunity to fight for a world title, I think it's um, very few and far in between that are able to do that. And uh, that's why I like guys like Glover Teixeira, who fought for a world title, like which seems almost like a decade ago against John Jones, very one sided, got dominated, and at, like age forty, he's fighting for another world title, which is crazy. Like you don't, you, those are unheard of things. But it's like. The human body and the human mind is so impressive that you could do almost anything that you want as long as you truly do believe in what you're doing and you put the top, proper time in. Well, you're also... I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. And you also have a wrestling background. And because of the sample size that you have and the example that you've shown, you're one of those types of fighters where people are like, what's a great base for everybody to have when they get into their MMA career? Wrestling. Look at Aljamain Sterling. 100%. Oh, wait. Henry, too. Henry Cejudo. Oh, Chris so Weidman. Yeah. Chris yeah. Weidman, who champion. you know well. Yeah. Well, I was saying a bantamweight champ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I'm got sure. all those guys. DJ, Khabib. And Khabib's not a traditional wrestler, but, you know, Sambo, Judo, you know, he's got that. But real, grappling. Real quick. Um, 
Are you someone who is pro or against Henry Cejudo fighting Alexander Volkanovsky for the 145-pound title? Pro. Pro. Okay. I mean, if if Holloway and Yair are going to fight at such an awkward time in December, it's like, why not entertain it? And then whoever wins gets to fight the winner of that. Well, I mean, it's a money fight for everybody. I like the logic. Yeah. Who do you think wins, though? I mean, I would like to think Volkanovsky... But he's so much stronger, I would think. But Henry's just He weighed just like 214 before. Yeah, yeah, Henry's just a tough dude, though. Not so much it's like, as hell in it at one point. 217. You? Yeah, after really? he quit swimming. I just kept eating family-sized <laughs> portions. Yeah, she, I love She's food. outdone you and me in a both of our as well. I love food. But anyway, <laughs> as you were saying... <laughs> what was I saying? Don't scare Austin. What was I saying? He's like, oh, um, yeah, you were talking Henry Volkanovski, just so much bigger, 214. Okay, anyways, yeah. Tough, tough dude. Um, I know Henry keeps saying he's an overgrown midget, which is hilarious for him. It's coming out of his mouth is hilarious. <laughs> you at the comedy show. Yeah, you, yeah. He's roasting yeah. himself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good, man. And I think it makes for history, for an opportunity, just to show that it's – Something that's tangible, not maybe it won't happen, but something that you can strive for. And I think that just keeps for bigger goals. I, I, I like the fight in terms of the size, the frame, the stature. It's like, why not? I mean, you're probably never going to get that to happen again where the champ is that short of a dude that can fight a guy at 35 and possibly 25. I mean, I think myself and Brandon Moreno are both taller than him. So you're, so you're doubting Triple C Henry Cejudo? I never doubt him. King, King Triple C. King Triple C. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be a good fight, but I I mean, Volkanovski is a stud, and I think we've seen that with the Ortega fight. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, he got big props. When he escaped those chokes, holy crap. I will say, too, we watched that pretty much cage side, second row for that, and it was oh Volkanovski for all the people that gave him shit for the Holloway fight, saying yeah. Holloway won this fight or that fight or whatever. You're, you're not the real champ, Holloway. For all that, I think he shut him up with – his performance against Ortega. And this is an improved Ortega. An Ortega that wasn't afraid to stand and bang and strike and everything. But those submissions were fucking deep. Yeah. He was gurgling. I, th- I thought it was, I thought the fight was over. I'm jumping out of my seat. And not because of like, I'm rooting against him, but I'm an Ortega fan. And I, I mean, I'm a fan of both, but uh, I've hung out with Ortega a bunch of times and he's just a cool ass dude to, ch- to, uh, to chill with. And, yeah. um, I just would have been so happy for him if he had got that done. But um, I got to watch Volkanovski work out at the uh, PI when I was helping Marab. And he's – the guy's the champ for a reason. I'm not saying because of situations like that, but just to see how he works, his work ethic, and how shreddy he was, his dedication to everything and the details. Though That's a hard guy to beat. And for him to win, it's weird when people were doubting him because of the Holloway fights. He didn't judge the fight. You know, They gave him the yeah. nod. I'm the, I do think Holloway won the second fight. But the first fight was super close. Maybe the belt shouldn't have changed hands. Maybe it should have been a rematch right then and there. And maybe the second fight, we have a little bit more of a definitive answer. But I don't know. It's They're just so neck and neck. I think Volkanovski kept getting stronger. And Vol- um, Holloway slowed down a little bit, which gave Volkanovski a chance to win those later rounds, the fourth and the fifth, to retain his title. You know, So people can't knock him for that. Um, it's just it's one of those sports, man. People could be so thankless and... Uh, Sometimes they don't want to give you credit for the hard work you put in, but I, I'm pretty sure he shut them up after that one. The pound-for-pound pound list got updated. Kamaru Usman, now number one, pound-for-pound. Pound. 
How do you see his rematch against Colby going? I think I got bumped out. <laughs> I think I really did get bumped out. You got out bumped of out of the pound yeah. for pound? <laughs> yeah. I think Jan is ranked higher than me, and I got and bumped John out. And John Jones is so number two. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is arguably the GOAT. This, I mean, the asterisk, you just never, you just don't know. And I'm not shitting on John. It's just, you really just don't know. You can only go by what he tells you. I mean, I don't know what the hell a picogram is. I don't know what that shit even means. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'll leave it at that. No comment. <laughs> so, back to Kamaru versus Colby. Yeah. Their rematch. Who do you think wins that? I think it's a great fight. Um, I think Usman being a little bit more active. I think he's sharper. His jab, you saw his striking look really good against uh, Masvidal. I think he's only getting better. Um, there's a couple of things he did, like technically that didn't look right when he was striking with Masvidal. But I think all in all, if you assess the entire display of striking that he displayed, um, so displayed twice. But I think all in all, I think he looked very polished and a lot better than what he has from the first time that they fought and the other guys that he's fought. So. Credit where credit is due, and I think Kobe's a tough dude, but I can't see how he wins that fight unless Usman gets tired. I mean, he's not going to outstrike him now. Before his one time to outstrike him was the last fight. Fight got stopped, unfortunately. I thought that it should have gone a little bit longer. I don't think things would have probably changed. I think Usman would end up winning that round, and then Usman wins that fight 3-2. to two. So that was the close opportunity that he had to win the belt. He lost. Um... I'm not sure what his approach is going to be for this time going around. If I'm Usman, I'm looking at the fight. Like, what's Kobe thinking in order to win this fight this next time in a couple of weeks? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask you this. I, this is one thing I wanted to make sure we uh, didn't forget in this podcast, too, is I know you were training for your last fight yeah. back in New York. What was going to be your situation for your corner, or what do you plan on doing for your situation for your corner, and how do you plan on splitting up this camp for this last uh for this fight so that whole thing was really weird and super awkward because and i haven't i haven't talked about this with anybody i've talked about it on my podcast the weekly scraps um, i was gonna get that plug out. in <laughs> that yeah. was gonna be the last subscribe and yeah. like and we'll say it again right after this um i talked about it and i was like matt and i spoke beforehand and everything was okay at least from what I gathered from the way we kind of walked away from that was everything was okay and underst understood because of everything that was going on with COVID, our gym members having COVID, I had COVID, my housemates all had COVID. There was a lot of things going on behind the scenes that people do not know about. And like I said, we spoke about it and it was cordial. It was understood. And that's pretty much black and white as it gets. Um, I think what happened was the fight got closer they start playing the promos. You see the UFC embeddeds. You start to see this other guy, um, who's a great dude, by the way, never once asked me to be in the corner and never inserted himself. He said, hey, man, I'm here to help you. Whatever you need, I'm at your disposal. I know you got your team already. And this is his words. I know you got your team already. I just want to be able to assist any way that I can. We love having you here. You're a great asset. You give our guys good work. And pretty much that was it. It's like, if I can help in any type, such way or form. I was like, okay, cool. Can we say who that person is? Um, Eric Nixick. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, over at Extreme Couture. And I've trained at Syndicate MMA as well, um, but I felt like I've had more of a um, friendly camaraderie, whereas like, I felt more like a little... I, I felt a little more... I don't even know the right word for it. I just felt like Eric and I clicked a little bit more. Um, 
in terms of like I was like yeah this is my guy right here like I could hang out with this guy like I'm not saying I can't hang out with John but um, here in, at uh, in uh, Vegas but I felt like um, Eric and I were more on the same wavelength in terms of personality you know what I mean if that makes better sense for yeah. sure yeah. 100% so um, I think we're both a little crazy in the way that like the way we like to say things and do things because you know I teach classes he teach classes as well and I think we both kind of have like the same um thinking and analogies and shit like that. So I think we're both kind of, we kind of mesh. So we spoke COVID times. I fought Corey Sanhagen. I had Ally Quinta. I had Stephen Lee, my roommate. And I had um, uh, Dennis Bazookia, my old roommate, in my corner. And it's because COVID times. So Ray didn't come. Matt didn't come. Because the guys that were going to come had to quarantine and had to stay in the hotel. This was 2020. So we remember vividly. We yeah. were a part of it. Yeah. So there was no one I could work out with. You know what I mean? So if I'm like, if I'm going to have to quarantine in the hotel, any guys I can actually work out with, because it's not like I hit pads to lose weight. I don't roll with Matt, Sarah to lose weight. Um, it's just sizes, you know, practicality. I need guys. And obviously Matt's knees are pretty beaten up right now. He's talked about it. We came to your Airbnb. You guys were working in yeah. a garage. Yeah. So we, we did a lot. And then Rob ended up taking a short notice fight. Um, and ended up winning that one too. Uh, but yeah, so just like going back to that, that was the situation that we were dealing with, trying to adapt in this weird unknown era where it's like, dude, COVID is here. We don't know what the hell is going to go on, but I need to fight. This is a great opportunity for me to insert myself in the band weight division and solidify a number one contender fight. And that's what I did. And uh, all the guys were on board. They were willing to help. And... Fast forward that, 2021, March, same thing. Jan pulled out of the first fight in December, but it was the same situation. It was, um, Ray was more willing to take the risk, so to speak, in terms of COVID ter um, terminology. And Matt was more like hesitant because all the guys at the gym had COVID. And these are his words. All the guys at the gym had COVID and things like that. I had it. I had it in January. Um, I kicked it in like six days from positive test to negative tests. And, um, you know, he's got kids and he was more cognizant about it. So I was like, listen, man, I can't be mad at you, but I got to do what I got to do. You know what I mean? So I need, I need to know if you're going to be here with me or not. And I'm hoping I'm making this as digestible for everyone. Cause at the end of the day, talking about this stuff, I, I, I defaulted from talking about it cause I didn't want to, I'm not trying to have a pissing contest. I'm not trying to say I was right. You were wrong. Cause it has nothing to do about that. At the end of the day, I want to salvage the relationship because I knew we spoke about it. So I'm like, this stuff to me is just like, whatever. Because I'm like, you know, what, what am I supposed to say to this right now? I'm supposed to say, no, we spoke about it. Like, that's that's just stupid. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to ruin a good thing that we have here. You know, this all works. We all have our system and we all have our place, you know. So that's kind of how I felt about that. And um, I, I did what I had to do in terms of looking out for number one and making sure that the guys that were with me were going to be... And obviously, don't get me wrong, Matt's been with me for, what, 2014? So seven years, we've been working together from when I made my UFC debut, and he's been in my corner every single time outside of the last two fights. And it's a weird time that went. So it was like, I had it in my head that after this fight, that he wasn't going to be in it, but the next one that he would, because that's how we kind of left it off. And... I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. And unfortunately, things didn't shake out that way. And things kind of took a left left, uh, a left turn. But 
at the end of the day, there's no animosity. I, I think we both have love for each other, and I think that's the most important thing. And like I said, I, I wasn't looking to have a pissing contest. If I had to swallow my pride to make the relationship um, be salvaged, that's what I was going to do, you know. So um, that's that's that whole situation. So I don't know what's going to happen for the next one. I know he said he wasn't going to corner anymore. He cornered Marab. And you did too. Yeah, and then he yeah, cornered together. Yeah, he you. cornered Pumi. And it's the same thing. It's like when I'm cornering with Ray and Matt, I'm the third man in there. Not always, but I'm the third man in there who's taking the beatings. Like I'm the guy that's helping them lose weight. So that's why it's nice to have that body that you could work with. Where for me, for this Jan fight, I needed the guys that I needed. And I, I want to make sure I had the guys. And I've had this conversation. Like, I kicked it around for so many, like, weeks. It was beating me up. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing something wrong here? Um, should I feel bad that I'm looking out for, you know, this, this for the sake of having the best chance to win? Like, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell if I was doing something wrong. And, uh, like I said, I, I was beating myself up about it. And uh, I think if things were to go back, I don't know if I'd do anything different. Maybe I could have worded it differently or something because I feel like maybe something got lost in translation that I thought was communicated the right way so that's that's the only thing I can really say about that whole situation and um, I, I think everything is good now at least from where I sit so I'm happy about that and at the end of the day we, we have a good relationship I still go to the gym I still help out I just taught class the other day not too long ago and uh, yeah so it's uh, I think it's just something that's just like um, we could have probably talked about together because I think especially after that you know after the way I lost <laughs> well the way the fight went I mean for me it was kind of like a loss but whatever but after the way the fight went and then to have that kind of happen I think uh, people really really started to have it out for me I was like fuck man I didn't, even, I didn't even do anything wrong I didn't do anything wrong but people and, were people you know and that's why we love you man you yeah. got thick skin and what do you want to end on Will you be there for Al in his return? Yeah, we spoke about it today. And I told him, I was like, um, I don't know if I went this in-depth the way I because I was just uh, finishing up in the hot tub at the PI after working out and um, with Moreno and those guys. And I think I – I'm not sure if I articulated it this way. but I, was I like, love that Moreno is fighting Figgy, by the way. I love how badass of a fighter Moreno yeah. is. Yeah. I really do. I respect him. First from Mexico – Willing to take on anyone who's the top contender and available at the flyweight division. Yeah. A trilogy fight yeah. with Figgy. Um, kudos to both men. Respect all the yeah. way. It was a good fight. Um, I was a little confused, but I'm like, I get it because there's no one else available. So I, I get it from that standpoint. Um, I forgot what I was saying before. Al, will you oh, be yeah. there for yeah, this so, fight? Uh, I, I told him, like, I know I'm here in Vegas for the last few weeks of your fight. And I know how that is because I was in that same position where it's like you almost feel like if the person's not there, like, how do you know if they know the proper things to work on if you guys aren't talking on a daily basis? And I told him, like, if you want me, I'm there. If not, like, don't, don't, I have no hard feelings. Like, I know what it takes to win. And I know in terms of a fighter's mindset. And I think Matt's the same way he agrees. Like, you want to make sure the people going to battle with you are, like, going to battle with battle. you. And that's yeah. the most thing that, I think yeah. that's the most important thing that matters. And uh, to answer the question, I should be there for the... I'm going to be there regardless, but I should be there to corner to help out. That's awesome. awesome. Great question. Um, what do you want to end <laughs> on? Weekly scraps. Weekly scraps. Make Weekly sure scraps. you tune in, subscribe. I was supposed to do uh, the episode today, but I got... Today was so busy, man. I got up so early to do the, the Q&A for P3 and then all those other... 
And then to do the editing myself, I'm like, yo, this is a uh, a nightmare for an athlete to have to do all this. Dude, this guy, the champion and the social content Wait, creator. Are, are you so much doing the real estate stuff too? I see, even that, I don't have time to like. Yeah. I mean, it's good that I have my license in case my friends. You keeping the license? House. Yeah, I, I renewed it. Uh, what was it earlier this year? I think I took my test, or at the end of last year, I, I think I renewed it for another two years. Uh, we'll see because maybe I don't even need to use it anymore, and it's like five hundred dollars down the drain that maybe I don't need to. Spend. Well, if anyone needs to buy a house here, uh, well here, just, I I would it, only do referrals. I, okay. I'm licensed in New York. Yeah, New York. Yeah, if anyone wants to buy a home, contact yeah, that or, or Ally Quinta. Yeah, excellent. Episode eighty of the Schmo Zone podcast. <laughs> we are out. <laughs>